It's a nice night tonight and a really decent day coming back tomorrow, although a few clouds come back. And it probably starts to feel a tad more humid. Overnight, early morning, 50s and 60s. Tomorrow afternoon, sunshine to partly cloudy and about lower 80s. Wednesday comes in with a possible isolated shower popped up by additional humidity. You'll notice the feel in a bit more warmer temperatures of middle 80s. Any chance is minimal, but that'll go up to scattered showers or thunderstorm. Thursday and Friday, highs go to the lower to middle 80s. Ralph Sanji, WGSO. Are you receiving unemployment insurance benefits in Louisiana? Because of the large number of people applying for benefits, we're working to make online process faster. Using the last number of your social security number, here's when you can file. Zero through three, file on Sunday. Four through six, Monday. Seven through nine, file on Tuesday. Wednesday through Saturday is open to all social security numbers. You must file for recertification every week. Thank you for helping LWC. thing about this news uh, and entry uh, sing is that uh, nobody ever sings the words to it because nobody knows the words to it. It's uh, instrumental. Your ho- is that your holiday for strings, Tom? Holiday for strings. That's the name of it. You see it around Christmas time a lot, uh, but then you see it a lot in other places too. It, it, uh, people ask me all the time, where did it come from? Where did it come from? It came from uh, Great Britain for among uh, a few things. Uh, but it was mainly the the Brits. Uh, Where did you find it? How did you stumble on it? I uh, I I'm a worldwide uh, music love. Yeah, I'm always <laughs> looking for unusual, oddball uh, uh-huh. uh, things like that, and so I had a few of them. It doesn't seem all that odd, by the way, folks. If you're wondering who these two people are, the Fitzmorrises, Tom and Marianne. This is the food show. Yep. The, the only one of its kind. Yes, thirty-one years and running, almost thirty, almost thirty-two years, Tom. Thirty-two. Wow. wow, thirty-two years running of the food show. But anyway, we talk oh. about music too, just because Tom is really, really crazy about music. But uh, we can talk about anything sure um, we can. having to do with food. Having right. to do with food, the pleasure of food. Today, you, go ahead. I'm sorry. But. Uh, if you've eaten anything good lately, uh, let us know about it because people, despite all that we're under right now, uh, they when they get a shot at a, a good eater, yeah, yeah. Uh, they people, want it. They want it, and because they've been <laughs> deprived, simple. really, and who could blame them? So, uh, so we say, yeah, well, let's here it is. How about there's and then this one, and all these guys, and then this. Tom. Yes. Let's start a countdown. Three days and counting till you can go sit in a restaurant all by yourself. I mean, no one will be able to be around you, but uh, you will be in your your world. That is your world. Poor Tom. He has eaten every meal out for his whole life until nine weeks ago. Nine weeks ago. Uh, he has eaten every meal out, and now he is eating at home. And um, wow, it's been okay. You have to admit it's been okay. Oh yeah, everything is okay in my life. Really, it's almost ridiculous. Yes. Well, it's just a matter of uh, smiling. Yes. Well, we have uh, done a tremendous amount of of eating. Really, a tremendous amount of eating. But we've had kind of an interesting way that we've done it. Oh. Like, well, over the weekend, for example, we we bought our own shrimp. But we had this compound butter that just came in a little container. 
from GW Fins. We put it on top of the raw shrimp and made absolutely fantastic barbecue shrimp. Didn't have to do anything, didn't have to measure anything. We just did it by dumping it right on the shrimp and putting it in the oven, voila. And it was real gourmet stuff. So there's all kinds of sort of twisting things around. We'll get scones from the English Tea Room. Yeah, that whole three and make or four strawberry day, shortcake. Uh, we had about three or four days when we had a lot of that kind of thing, and well, we have a lot of days. Another. A lot of well, days. that particular one stuck in my mind, and uh, I liked it because it was off center a little bit, and uh, it had flavors that we're not accustomed to seeing green here uh, uh, lately, anyway. Yes. So uh, we're just rolling along with it. You you have lots yeah. of time to join us. So yes. give us did, a call. Did you say? Did you say that we have a caller? No, I was about to say Greg that. is on the Greg. phone. Let's Greg talk is here. to Greg. Hey, Greg. Greg. Is always, uh, Hello. How are you guys doing? Well, we're good. Yeah. He How was. about you? Yeah, what do you think? I tried to call last week, Marianne, but uh, the first day you guys were on, but you all had some uh, technical difficulties. So, um, I know. But, you know and I, and I, I fear call, though, that that, that has too. sort of scattered everyone HD format. But, uh, so I thank you. Let's... Let's start all over again with Greg, the first caller, and maybe he will spur other callers. <laughs> oh, yeah. But no, just to congratulate you all, it's great to hear you again. Um, the last nine weeks have been challenging for sure. I'm sure for Tom, because of no, not being able to dine in places, has definitely changed the... Me? <laughs> Tom has been shell-shocked. But we've yeah. been feeding him well. We're, like today. Good. Here's what's going to happen today. Tell me. After the show, mm -hmm. I'm make the other container mm -hmm. of compound butter from GW Fins, mm -hmm. which is a lemon and caper compound butter. Sounds and I am going so to heat up a skillet and I am going to put the gorgeous piece of snapper that we got from Mandeville Seafood over the weekend. I'm going to put it in a pan and Tom is going to have a gourmet fish dish. Ooh, that's a classic good. little French yeah, bistro uh, menu. You can't complain about this, you, you Tom. You can't complain. It's terrific, and it's, no, there's not nothing to it. Which is really kind of odd because he does like to you complain. Know, but anyway. Uh, snapper, snapper and redfish, interestingly enough, make a good fish taco, by the way. I know they're not as common maybe as other fish, but um, if you ever want to try that, like in a flour tortilla with some you know, uh, cilantro and pico de gallo, it's, uh, it's not bad, actually. Well, you know what? And I didn't get a chance to um, to announce this because, thankfully, you called. But we have sort of shifted the format of the show to where we're going to take calls in the first half. Actually, we're going to take calls throughout. Everybody's welcome to call throughout and really after 2.30 because uh, – and this is not true today. It's kind of true. But uh, we have a, a chef that's going to be with us to give people tips on how to gourmet their home cooking. Hmm. I don't yeah. even know that one. What, who is that? <laughs> well, we're gourmeting it for you. We're, we're cheating. We're taking shortcuts by using other people's sauces. Yeah. Anyway, <laughs> but, but you, can do this, you can do this yourself. So yesterday we had um, Jacques Saloon on, and you were talking about yeah. fish tacos. Today we have Harlan Pierce, mm -hmm. who is going to yeah. pick up on conversation that we had last week about the the differences between wild caught cat that tastes gamey and yeah. other wild caught catfish that does not 
and right. we'll probably I'm going to get another recipe out of Harlan that I know he does really really well, and so um, we're doing that. And then the second half, the second half of the show, we're going to have a guest in the second half hour too. So people are welcome to call anytime. But good. Um, I hope that we can help people cook a little bit better while they're at home. Yeah, yeah, yeah. we uh, yeah. are into the time of the day and the time of the week when we have a few more than normal. Uh, yeah. Uh, talks about yeah. this and Harlan haven't talked to him in a while. Harlan is one we of the people. We go back a long way. Yeah, in the uh, in the in the uh, in the personal Fitzmorris right. family. And it's personal Fitzmorris family saga. Yeah. 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 <laughs> and it doesn't the way. Yeah. Except just now. Uh, but I know you're going to talk to Harlan about this when when he's on the uh, air with us. Anyway, so Greg, did you just call to say congratulations, or did you have something in mind? No, no, that's it. I just wanted to say, you know, I've been a longtime listener, and I'm going to try to reclaim my gourmet first color uh, moniker. <laughs> I would love and, um, that. Absolutely. You guys are doing great. Thank you so much. And I'm, uh, you know, I'm an avid listener and I just wanted to congratulate you all. So keep up. Keep Take up the care, great work. Greg. Thank you so much for Thank calling. You. Very sweet right. of Greg to call. Yes. Five, five, six. Give the number. Five, five, six, nine, six, nine, six is the number. If you would like to chat with us, we're just going to blather on until someone calls. And then if you would like to ask Carlin some questions, we're going to have him at the bottom half of the hour. Good idea. Tom, today is National Crowder Pea. I know how you love That's your favorite, isn't it? Crowder Peas. Crowder Peas. You always did love Crowder The wonder, peas. wonderful thing about Crowder Peas is that no matter what you do with it, it's you're not going to mess up. You make a soup out of it and just grab things and throw them into the pot, you know, without being ridiculous, of course. Just kind of doing it basically. And you take it off the stove and then you taste it and you say... Wow, this is pretty good, and I just uh, threw, it, threw it in there. I don't agree with you. Oh. I think that you and I have a difference on Crowder peas. That is the one that I have to say I'm not a huge fan of. Crowder peas are kind of they're kind of round, aren't they? Yeah, actually, you know, I'm sitting here, and, and I actually you picked the wrong one. Although they no, no, you've always you've, loved Crowder peas, Tom. You found uh, you that's always been around. Um, um, but, Crowder peas. Crabby peas are, are peas. the big ones. No, the Crowder peas are the little, like, round ones. Lentils. Okay, but the you like, you like lentils. Those are the little flat ones. But the Crowder peas are actually kind of roundish. They're roundish. And they're, I would call Crowder peas kind of peasant food. Yep, that's true because they yeah. go back to the earliest times Well, don't, of don't human... all of them? Doesn't lentil, don't well, lentils of, go back there, too? Well, let's say a much more complicated uh Dessert, let's say. Are these all from the Middle East, Tom? Not all, but a lot of it comes from there. That back in the Middle East is where that kind of uh, thing just comes from scratch. So uh, it's it's an easy one. Yes. Um, <laughs> basically, basically the yeah, there are, there are papers flying all over the place. Um, basically, a beef or a legume. Legume. Are all beans legumes? Yes. Including peanuts. Uh, peanuts are much, much later. No, but they're legumes. Peanuts are legumes. They're, they're legumes, okay. but you can be really far well, you wouldn't, off. It. You wouldn't cook it the way you would like a red bean, but they well, are you technically. Would, but you would, but I don't think you'd like it. They're technically, well, yeah, there are those people who are cooking those boiled peanuts. Say boiled peanuts. If you do, give us a call. 556-9696. Someone, um thought up an idea 
four. Oh, Tom, here. It uh oh, <laughs> I always get these oddballs. No, Tom. See what it's all I have about. to apologize ahead of time whenever I'm about to use your favorite word. Oh, you let's know what find it is? out what it is. Hummus. I had a feeling. <laughs> so, so uh, Mary Lee and I were in Georgia. Mm -hmm. We were um, we were at a resort there, and they had a um, they had a pool menu. And on the menu there was um, boiled peanut, might even have been like a Cajun peanut, boiled peanut hummus. And I had to get it because, I mean, that just sounded so bizarre, but mm -hmm. it was really good. It was well, good. I'm glad you liked it. Uh, That's that the first time I've ever seen peanuts used as hummus. Uh, you know, I would be writing that Does on a piece of paper. Does anybody try to drive their spouse crazy? I mean, most people just do it naturally, but um, but I uh, I know that that word always gets Tom, especially when I started using it the Middle Eastern way. Do you want me just to say hummus, Tom? It's just so right. boring. Several it's not times. really as much fun as if you say it hummus. No, you sp it, it, fortunately, this is something that really comes close <laughs> to being very uh, simple and, and right okay. in the middle. Okay, I'm giggling and Let's go to Ron, the gourmet waiter. Hey, Ron. Good afternoon. How are you all doing? We're having fun. It's beautiful. We're outside. It's it's a gorgeous, gorgeous day. How are you? Uh, doing well. Perfect day to use the big green egg, right? Oh, boy. Yeah, that's true. We've been, I tell you what, ours is getting a little poop. We've been using it just about every day. What are you doing on it? Oh, um, well, I don't have a green egg. I actually weld my own barbecue pit. I'll oh, bet okay. you did. <laughs> you know, uh, we had yeah. uh, made some barbecue shrimp here. That was over the weekend, if yes, I remember right. right. And it has been really long since the last time I did it in the classic way with, you know, there's the shrimp, there's the uh, the red things, uh, and then over here it's... Uh, it, yeah, but we didn't it, it was, do it on the grill, Tom. We did it in the oven. We didn't do it we in did, the oven? No, we just, we no, just we usually, had a bunch of other things. You usually the do in yeah. the oven. It was good. Yeah. Anyway, uh, let me interrupt. I, I wanted to say... I wanted to say three things really quick. Number one, Henry's doing a great job. I was commending him on air right before y'all picked up. The guy's fantastic. Your producer. He is. He is. Um, number two, um, yeah, uh, I got a big event tomorrow. I'm turning 57. <gasps> oh, so you're close to our daughter in birthday. Happy birthday. Thank you. So we're going to have a little throwdown tomorrow night. Oh, boy. All right. We haven't put the menu together yet, but it's going to be fun. The third thing is, um, I like the new concept with the guests coming on at the half hour mark. Well, you know what? It was uh, it was born of necessity when we announced that we were going to be back on the air. We were flooded with emails of people sending me the first call, and then and then after the first couple of days, nobody was calling. I said, "Okay, well, this is not tenable." So yeah. we're going well, you know, to. Uh, what? I sent you an email. Uh, they haven't called in yet, but we have three gourmet waiters now. We have Peter, the gourmet waiter, who told me minutes ago that he's going to call in today or tomorrow. And then we also have Drew, the gourmet waiter, pizza waiter at Galatoire's and Ruth Chris. And Drew is a waiter over at a restaurant Rebirth over there by the convention center. Are they back in business? Because they were no, gone for a while. I'm, I don't I'm, mean like I'm, closed, closed, but they were one of the ones who were closed. 
Well, I'm still friends with both waiters. We, 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 I realize we I sh- adult beverages after work, yeah. so that's how we socialize. But they, they, I know that they're late for calling in, and I've I given see. them a rough time, but there will be three of us calling in. Oh, that's okay. <laughs> that's okay. We, anyway. We've changed the format now where where anybody can call or not. It's okay. So wait, is this awesome. Greg, is this um, Peter who used to call in all the time back in the day? Uh, no, the, his name is Peter Beery. Okay. Okay. These guys right. are exceptional well, waiters. So you don't They've know what you're in the business. So they're, they're they're great if you ever want to grill them on something. Like okay, asking well, Peter you know all what? about Galatoire's. Yeah. Uh, well, we're we're just getting started, and there's going to be a lot of people lined up here, and it's just uh, it's just constant sun up to sundown getting prepped so um sure let me ask you this all, are you you all haven't I meant, started all, I meant, menu for all I meant was uh, when they call in uh, you know when they call in feel free to ask them anything about yeah, the restaurant yeah, just when they call from, in anxious to hear from yeah okay so you don't know what you're you don't know what you're doing for your birthday in terms of uh, what you're actually having if you had to pick one food like everybody has their favorite birthday food what would be your favorite if you had to pick one? I'm leaning right now towards your favorite. I'm leaning about me grilling a whole bunch of hamburgers for my neighbors. And I mean gourmet <laughs> burgers with blue you cheese can't in the eat middle. a hamburger. I love oh, that's burgers. Good. Yeah, that's good. You can't. Yeah. I mean, it's it's kind of primal. Okay, so it's roasted meat, you know. They so call it whatever is, you want. This is for a, Those, like a cookie? No, Tom is. Uh, Tom, we're, we're deciding what Ron should do for his birthday dinner. Yeah, those steaks that I emailed you on the pit were spring. actually sitting. Oh. Speaking of primitive, they were sitting right on top of the coals. Those were caveman steaks. That was no grill. Okay, see, this is what I was talking about in NoMenu.com today. I would have been an excellent caveman spouse because it's got to be charred, charred for me. No finesse. Right on top of the like coals. No meat. grill. Roasted. Three, three yes. to four and, minutes and, each and side, you, right on top of the coals. You're doing it. Okay. Okay. Yeah. I'm going to do I a caveman burger it. tomorrow. Okay. I'm going to do I a caveman burger it. right on the coals. Will do. Great show as always. Thank you okay. very much. Okay. Take care, Ron. Thanks for calling. 556-9696. If you want to talk to us, we are just sitting talking about food as we always do. First, let me tell you about Anadel's plantation. Tom, oh, you love Anadel, don't you? Yeah, I really do. I hope I get there soon for dinner and have lunch as well. But dinner is really what's going on there. And it's, it's the kind of restaurant that we had quite a bit of in late 1970s and into the 1980s. And it was very sophisticated. It was quiet. If you didn't want it to be, you'd just go to another restaurant. Uh, but they uh, were uh, an excellent restaurant. I used to work uh, at Romanoff's. At, no, I was the editor of New Orleans Magazine oh, yeah, okay. at that time. And I uh, walked over and started going. This, the Bonton. The, well, no, that's another story. This is. Uh, and, <laughs> We've only got 30 seconds for the commercial, Tom. Go yeah, ahead. <laughs> yeah. Well, that's it. I mean, the, uh, uh, it's a bed and breakfast. Annabelle yeah. is a bed and breakfast. It's yeah. off the highway in Covington. Yeah. Kind of tucked away. Yeah, I almost wanted blue, to go there today. Blue sign that says Annadelle's mm-hmm. is uh, the two gorgeous rooms upstairs. They have a wonderful dining room downstairs. It's small, mm-hmm. has a good view of the garden, great bar, 
Don't you love that bar, Tom? Yeah, it's I a love, little, it's little cramped up the it's way tiny. they do it, but it makes it a, a lot of fall. It's a sexy uh, bar is what it is. A sexy bar, yeah. I'll it take really that. is that. Yeah. Anyway, both of those, the bar and the restaurant, are located in Annadell's with the food that's inspired by Galatoire's. That's what you said, right? Really, inspired yeah. Inspired by Galatoire's. Yeah, yeah, that's a reach of a little bit, but not too bad. And it's good. The food yeah, is good. It's a good restaurant. Makes you I've wonder, always enjoyed we, it. Every time we don't go there, we go, we go, why don't we go there more often? Yeah, good Plantation, 71518 Chestnut Street in Covington. You, they're kind of behind the Popeyes. 809-7669 is the number, area code 985. Give them a call. This is a place that you want to try. It's a destination restaurant, and you should make it a destination. Mm -hmm. You're listening to WGSO 990. We'll be back. Jack and Allie Cousins sold salad dressing at a farmer's market, but one day Allie Cousins couldn't get the ingredients she needed. Her dad had dropped a case of Creole tomatoes at her house, which became the famous Creole tomato dressing, launching the Cousins salad dressing brand. The line has expanded to include blue cheese dressing, a fresh salsa, olive oil and herb vinaigrette, as well as the Creole tomato. Made in small batches to ensure perfection, these dressings are all natural and made from the freshest ingredients. Need a quick dip? They're great for that, too. Cousins Salad Dressings at grocery stores all around the town. Hello, hello. Daniel, the gourmet cellist here. I'm big into coffee, and I've got Parrish Coffee keeping me company in lockdown. This is a great breakfast brew. I guess that's why they say wake up to Parrish. But it remains consistent throughout the day, robust yet mellow at the same time. I love this luxurious coffee, and I can't believe the price. With no idea how long we'll be locked down, it's good thing I can order it online at parishcoffee.com. See the full lineup there and hashtag wake up to parish. I'll take Manhattan, the Bronx, and Staten Island too. Hello, hello, Daniel, the gourmet. Wait, wait. <laughs> hello, hello, What's he doing hello. back? Okay, uh, Tom, before we go to a break, I want to talk to you about Terra Nova. Terra Nova. We talked a little bit about Terra Nova yesterday and how much we loved it. We talked to Messina, who's got his products there. Isn't it a wonderful little place? Yeah, it's a terrific little gro uh, grocery and uh, butcher shop. And uh, it, also, it reeks of New Orleans. It really does. And it <laughs> kind of tightens up, too. And it's uh, just a fun little place. And the guys who work there and and everybody else. Uh, Benny Terranova. They're very proud Karen of Karen yeah. Terranova and their son That's... Anthony. Benny and Anthony are the butchers in the back of the house. They are cooking things to order. And if you want to get a really great chicken, yeah, they select small chickens and they will stuff them with Maria or Karen. She goes by both names. Uh, her artichoke dressing, which is absolutely fantastic. They have great meatballs. Meatballs. Uh, they make Benny makes like the best sausage you think in town, right, Tom? Uh, yeah, pretty best, close to it. There's a few town. other ones, but uh, that one's right up. It's it's worth a visit just to go see them because they're lovely people. And if there was ever a place that exemplifies the soul of New Orleans, the spirit of New Orleans, that would be it. It's Terra Nova's on the corner of Esplanade at Grand Route St. John. Go see them. Lovely, lovely. Yep. All right, whenever we finish powder peas, Tom, we'll do that real quick before we go to the bottom of the hour. So is your favorite. And crab peas are made exactly like peas, exactly like you would cook any other bean. 
right? Uh, yeah, pretty much. They're in the same general uh, category of red beans, except that they're smaller. Right. But they also have, uh, I find, a much more interesting flavor to begin with. And uh, same gang that uh, gives you black eyed peas. Oh, see, that's it. That's that's what it is. A lot of people is. say that. Okay, so those are the two beans I could live the rest of my life without eating. Oh. So Crowder peas and black eyed peas have the same kind of DNA. I yep. mean, not that you're a food scientist, but if I had to rate all the beans I've ever eaten in my life. Yeah. That's what you at said. the very bottom of the list would be black eyed peas. In fact, the only way I can eat black eyed peas for New Year's Eve is to disguise them in some fashion. I have made <laughs> hummus out of them. Great. <laughs> and I've also put them in a dressing that's like a lime and cilantro dressing mm -hmm. with corn and, uh, and onions and things like that. Those are the only two ways I've ever been able to eat black eyed peas. Just straight, cannot do it. Uh, and so now that you're saying that Crowder peas are like black eyed peas, that explains it. That's why I'm not a big yeah, fan of Yeah, they're in the same category. There are, there are several categories of, yeah. of beans. And in that case, those two plus several others uh, are connected with the with the black eyes. Yeah. And the Crowder peas, those are the best one of all. I think they just have a great flavor. Okay, so that's it. And they're good that's for you, too. Well, all beans are good for you. Well, I mean, yeah, but they, all, better and they, really better. All in the legume family, those are all good for you. Every every one of those. But uh, but yes, I'm glad to know that that's why I don't like Crowder peas. Mm -hmm. If I had to say that's the one I could give up, that would be it. Yeah. Uh, lima beans, not so. Love lima beans, cannellini beans, all the beans except for that one. But uh, it is National Crowder Pea Day if anyone wants to cook some Crowder mm -hmm. peas. You're listening to WGSO. New Orleans, we'll be right back. Louisiana Radio Network, I'm Brooke Thorrington. Plans are now in place for students to be in the classroom this fall throughout the University of Louisiana system. Kevin Barnhart has the story. We fully expect things to look different than what you may be used to. UL System President Jim Henderson says expect to see smaller classes with more space between desks, and there probably won't be packed stadiums, dining halls, and libraries. Screenings, temperature checks, those hand sanitizers, of course, will all be very prevalent. A system-wide framework will be put into place, but each institution will have the ability to optimize safety measures. There's room for them to be responsive to the needs of their communities and their university family. We think it's a very vital part of our structure. I'm Kevin Bornhart. Casinos in the state will be allowed to reopen Monday, but with new rules and regulations. As part of the Phase 1 reopening plan, Louisiana Gaming Control Board Chairman Ronnie James says gaming venues will only be able to operate at 25% capacity, and they will have to incorporate screening guidelines of patrons to enter their facility. LouisianaRadioNetwork.com A sizzling T-bone steak, a mouth-watering char-grilled hamburger, a slow-smoked brisket, there are plenty of reasons to grill beef this Memorial Day weekend. And with 29 cuts of lean protein-packed beef to choose from, there's always something succulent to serve to your family. So this Memorial Day weekend and all summer long, be the hero of your backyard barbecue by serving what everybody wants, the delicious taste of certified Louisiana beef. So remember, beef, it's what's for dinner. Brought to you by the Louisiana Cattle Producers through the Louisiana Beef Industry Council and the Beef Checkoff. Looking for a contractor? Consumer beware. Door-to-door -door solicitations, high-pressure sales, and scam tactics place you at risk. Verify that the contractor is properly licensed. Read the contract carefully, check references, and obtain bids from other contractors. Remember, sometimes cheap prices are too good to be true. 
To verify licensure, visit lacontractor.org or download the free app LA Contractor from the Android or Apple Store. The Louisiana State Licensing Board for Contractors reminds you, hire licensed contractors. It's the law. When you're awake, the things you think come from the dreams you dream. Thought has wings and lots of things are seldom what they seem. I can't get that out of my brain. We're back with That's the food show. Song. Yes, that is Tom. Maybe singing. I can run out there and grab it and come <laughs> back and do it. No, do it some other time, Tom. We have Harlan Pierce on the phone. Maybe we'll have later. Our longtime friend, Harlan Pierce, who is the owner of Harlan's LA Fish. Hey. Hey, how are you doing, guys? Good to, good to hear from you. Good to talk to you. And you guys I were know. talking about the soul of New Orleans being sausage and stuff. The soul of New Orleans is cuisine, and I think yeah, sometimes that's we lose, <laughs> I, uh, we lose sight Hi, Harlan. This is Tom Fitzmorris. <laughs> I know, Tom. I'm hey, glad how you to uh, spend a time or so with you. Tom just likes to keep re reintroducing himself. Harlan, we were talking the other day about wild-caught catfish, and you have been really instrumental in seeing that into restaurants around town. So yeah. thank you for that, first of all. Tell us a little bit about it. Well, again, it's one of the soul, soul of New Orleans. It's some of the old-time things that, that some people might say ain't there no more, but there is there nowadays. You know, we got away from it because these farm-raised guys came got in, and then the imports came in. About four years ago, we woke up and said, hey, it, the, the farmers are losing water bottoms, and they're growing soybean soy and, soy and corn, excuse me. And so it's time for us to get involved. And we started about four years ago. Uh, we're under USDA inspection, and we'll probably harvest about 3 million pounds of wild catfish this year. And the beauty of it is that we're growing young people, growing young fishermen. Uh, where we, where, oh, yeah. That's what we, yeah, oh, yeah. You can't do that on the saltwater side. The saltwater side is so heavily regulated that there's no pathway for the young guys to get involved and make money. But in wild catfish, there is, and because there's volume, there's no, there's no regulatory problems. So it's been pretty good for that. And then again, it's something that needed to be done anyway. And the quality, the taste, and the flavor of the wild fish that comes out of water is just just phenomenal. And so it, it's moving pretty good. I mean, it's it, we're still in the growing stages. Believe it or not, it takes a long time, but the markets are there. We've got to get people used to flavor again. You know, in some yeah, cases, really. Some, you know. <laughs> okay, that, that brings up it. that brings up a really uh, interesting question. I hope you can answer. Okay. So, I've had wild catfish a lot, and there are some that taste gamey, and some that taste sweet. Like the ones that we had at Zia, which I know came from you. Mm -hmm. was really sweet it was did you find that catfish can kind of almost be sweet sometimes oh yeah and it, i guess it's part of the quality levels and stuff like that and where did you get the first one that wasn't sweet you sure it was wild that's the first and my first question to you yes i'm sure it was wild okay because one of the things that uh, the wild stuff it, we're getting in the bulk a lot of our products come right out of biodesalmin in that area felita band and all these things there and uh, and the flavor, and the, like you say, the sweetness, and it, it just stands out. And it's if you delicate. Have it's it's a have delicate that. flavor. Oh, it is, and it's very clean. In other words, you don't have. Yes. You know, I've had some chefs explain to me that it's a very clean taste, and and it is a flavor, yes. and and it, it, it's it's really good. And but getting people used to getting them away from a bland catfish to something that has flavor that they're not used to it. They're used to batter and bread, and that's it. But this this stuff stands out on its own, and. 
uh, we, we never, never get a problem with it. it it's been great and great. I didn't know that you were, I didn't, you know, food producing and food processing is such a major part of the food chain. And honestly, I prefer not to think about it because there's a lot of stuff that goes on that I don't want to think about. And we really should pay a lot more attention to. But um, I didn't realize that there was a harvesting and producing quality to wild catfish and that and that you when you said they were starting to do soybeans what do you mean by that well that's the farm raised farm raised guys the okay 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 when when soybean and corn became very expensive the farmers dried up their ponds and they put in soybean and corn so you had a shortage of farm raised catfish so we stepped in to sort of fill that void because we are we're we're marketing product to a lot of the farm raised guys to fill the void uh-huh. that they don't have the product for for and that's worked out to start us off but now we're creating different things all together but that's just, that's the soybean and corn angle it's not to do with wild it's to do the fact okay. that the market opened up you know three or four years ago because of that I see. Now, how how much has this grown? Like, I know that Zia, you, you supply to Zia, and right. that there's such a demand for catfish. I mean, you know, like a place like Middendorf's, for example, goes through just an incredible amount of catfish. So, right. obviously, a need for both types, right? Oh, yeah, there is. First off, we, we don't, right, at present, we don't have wild catfish. Just the, the market for, for farm-raised catfish across this country is tremendous, billions of pounds. I mean, huge. Really? And, really? oh, yeah. And it's so, but that's that's good, though, because that way you've got a national marketplace that you can fill that once a change, once something different. And that's what we're seeing. And we're, we're, we're dealing right with restaurant chains across the country who deal with people like Cisco and U.S. Foods and Reinhardt because they tell U.S. Foods and Reinhardt what they want them to buy. It's not necessarily on price. It's on on the quality of the product. And uh, restaurants are looking for something different in a change. And I think you're going to see coming out of the the mess we're in right now, which is is not very good, that they're going to come out here looking for something different, something unique, and something that they want to offer that nobody really has. And so we're going to see a couple of I'm starting to get worried about the wild population now because if you're talking across the United States, which, you know, would obviously... No, no, no. I shouldn't they, the, okay. No, the wildlife fisheries actually wanted to take the size limits off of it because we have so many. Uh, we've got lots of catfish everywhere. In fact, the Chesapeake Bay on the East Coast has 450,000 metric tons of blue catfish there trying to catch. So they, they're, okay. they're pretty prolific. I mean, they're pretty prolific. And, uh, you know, we don't see any bottom to that right now. Okay. It can be somewhat seasonal. But other than that, no. When it comes, it comes, just like any other uh-huh. fishery. So are you only getting your, your catfish right now out of Des Almonds or, uh, I mean, out of, uh, is it Bayou Des Almonds? What is it? Yeah, yeah we, get, we get a lot out of Bayou Des Almonds. We buy as, most of the fish that comes out of Bayou Des Almonds comes to me. And then, but we do get it from Morgan City. We do get it from Toledo Bend, you know, all Louisiana products uh, and so on and so forth. So but we, get, we stay pretty close to home with that. And we're pricking probably five or 6,000 pounds up in Bayou Des Almonds today. So how would you say across the city, restaurants that have switched to wild-caught catfish, would you say it's a, what is your percentage, yearly percentage of growth in that? Oh, there's a lot of growth. Uh, You know, one of the things that I 
don't like about what's going on in the city is that we're growing away from the culture, which is our cuisine. Oh, of, of my favorite soapbox. <laughs> don't right. get and me it, started. It is mine, too. And so the more they go to things like wildcat fishing and like that, they're getting closer to the roots of our great city. Uh-huh. You know, uh-huh. I like to call it the, the great state of Louisiana and the delicious city of New Orleans. And, and we became delicious on foods like wild catfish and our inshore fisheries. And, and so, you know, and I'm not knocking the Bronzinis of the world and this kind of stuff, but that's not who we are. And I think well, New Orleans we is a- not an international city. It's a provincial town at its heart. Oh, yeah. It's been, yeah, you mean- and that's what people love about it. So whenever, and this is my big soapbox, when uh-huh. global is everywhere, then why do you need to go anywhere? Because if you can get the same thing everywhere you go, there's no there's no cultural differentiation. You know. That's what I, makes us stand out. I wash up. my pans, hands, and of that and, of that argument, and go into grief <laughs> that nobody likes to have a dinner tonight. Okay, what uh, Henry? Are you telling me what? Steve is calling. Well, tell Steve he'll just have to wait. Harlan and I are up on the same soapbox ranting. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. No, yeah, that is, really that is true. That. Uh, yeah. we'll, have, we'll have dinner sometime and talk about this, Harlan. But the truth of the matter is um, there is a reason that the, that the culinary culture is um, being diluted. And uh, we really do need to, to do some, you know, sticking up for that. For sure. A lot of it. We don't want to become not, Austin, you know. Hmm? Right. But it's not, it's not like to do with just catfish. I think that the regulatory world within which we live on the other species, the saltwater species, is, is killing us. And that's part of the problem. It's oh, yeah. just meat supply. And we have to help them get that. And we're in conversation with that right now. And in fact, the, the president just had an executive order for us to relook at a lot of our saltwater fisheries and try to relax some oh, of the regulations. Good. Good. So, uh, so we're doing some of that. But, well, no, but but wild catfish is is the heart of our area down here. There's no doubt about that. And mm-hmm. when you eat it, I mean, it's just it's wonderful. I mean, it's just it's hard to beat, and the clean, it's, fresh. It's got a great, delicate flavor that you oh, can does. really it taste does. the difference. Okay, let Steve uh, stay out in the wilderness forever. So let's talk to Steve. But I want to come back to that difference in the wild delicate taste and what makes for a gamey wild catfish because it's a distinctively different flavor well we can't leave steve hanging forever let's let's answer his call and then we'll and then we'll go okay got it get into that steve you there yes how y'all doing hey harlan i wanted to ask you um i've been i love catfish it's fantastic fried catfish is a wonderful product now i had some friends up in Natchez, Mississippi, that we were up there one time, and the guy had caught like a 30-pound catfish, and he was so excited. He started frying it for us, and it was terrible. Um, <laughs> is that a different species of catfish? No, not really. Did he catch it in the Mississippi River? No, it wasn't in the Mississippi River, but it was in a river over there around Natchez, you know, one of the tributaries off yeah. off the Natchez. And it was like a 30, 35-pound catfish, and it just Probably had pockets old. of That's what I was going to say. And I was also <laughs> yeah. thinking that this might be something coming out of Northeast Asia. No, no. In the, no, no. You, you fished it. No. no. I Could think be. Uh, it yeah. like, I didn't say it was I, definite. That. I but can answer so a couple of questions. The same species, just a lot bigger, a lot older, is, is probably it, what the that, problem was? No, it really isn't, because we've probably anyway, a lot of big fish. That. 
Yeah, <laughs> you know, we, we process a lot of big fish, and there is really no problem other than maybe a heavier bloodline that we skin off. But some of the situations we come to to answer Marianne's question and yours is that if they're around grain elevators or like in the Mississippi River, they eat this grain and it tends to sour in their bellies, and they'll get that little off taste and off flavor. Or they're mm-hmm. getting into some areas that have a lot of algae bloom or something that, that might affect the flavor of the product. But so really like the Mississippi River is a really fatty fish, and it's going to have a different flavor that we get out of this almond in Morgan City and Plater Bend. So it could be that. But basically, we sell a lot of fish over 5, 10, 20, 30 pounds every week, and we don't really have any problems other than if we get some fish out of the Mississippi itself. And it's basically because they're eating a lot of grain and a lot of things, and it's just it's fat, it's a lot of fatty too fatty and also yeah, can sour in their body. pockets of fat in the in the fillets. Yeah. It's just nasty. Right. Yeah. right. So, so that, but I love yeah. catfish. Okay. Thanks a lot. Yeah. Okay. You're welcome. Ugh. Okay. So so you should stay out of the Mississippi. No, no, I wouldn't say that. For... I wouldn't okay. say that. But you got to stay away from areas that are heavily popular with grain elevators. Heavy industrial. Uh huh. Okay. And so you stay away from okay. those. And it's just because of the. the uh, the, the, the grain that they're eating and stuff like that. But other than that, uh-huh. the catfish is good, and we, we know where to go and what to do about all that stuff. So that's not a problem okay. for us. Okay, so now, Harlan, are they dirty? I mean, is that enough affects it? Yes, what now? Are they dirty? Are, are, are they dirty? I mean, um, is catfish no. something that you have to really clean really well, like especially well? Oh No, not really. I mean, no. you saw we get a lot of catfish out of Lake Pontchartrain, for instance, beautiful fish, really clean okay. fish, and the uh-huh. salmon fish—they're they're not, you know. Okay. You know, if they're older fish and that somebody's not taking care of, sure, they're, they're dirty and ugly. We don't buy that; we just send it back home. But no, catfish is a really, really clean, neat fish, and it's, it's, uh-huh. and and we're set up to process quite a lot of it. So okay. we do. So how? So when you started this four years ago, you were processing yes. about how many? pounds and now four years later just oh, to get a started out with a you know maybe a couple three hundred four hundred thousand pounds the first year which is really nothing and we learned we learned our lessons trust me we made mistakes buying fish in different and wrong areas and throwing fish away because the flavor was off or like we went to tennessee to buy fish and it was not something we really liked it was in too shallow water too hot and mm. it just had off flavor so we we we, we we walk our way through losing a lot of money trying to figure out how to solve these problems and and we've done all that now so and we keep a strong inventory in the freezers and we probably have a million dollars tied up with catfish in my freezer right now waiting for this uh, virus thing to end because we know that these people are going to be needing it when it's over yeah yeah okay so, so Harlan let me ask you this you were talking about how you can get into the chain when you can't do that in salt water. What does that mean? And if a person is listening who would maybe like to do that, how would they go about doing it? To get into the, rest, to, to the restaurant chain? To get into fishing, get into fishing, oh, oh, okay. commercial fishing, well, wild caught catfish. All right. All you got to do is buy a license and go get them. And there's no netting regulations, there's no gill net regulations, no cramble net regulations, no sane regulations. You can pretty much do what you want in fresh water above the freshwater line. On the saltwater side, we're, we're regulated to death with gear regulations. Uh, you're going to get in the snapper business. You're going to have to buy quota shares at three fifty four dollars a pound just to rent them, and well, it's just okay. it's hard, you know. Yeah, well, it's it it became that way because right. there was no regulation, and then 
And then all of these fish were just sitting there dying, which you have to admit they have to do something about that. I mean, that was that was one side. It seems like the other side right. is is inviting that situation to happen again. Do you see that people have learned and are a little oh. bit more environmentally conscious and are not going to be doing the kinds of abusive things that led to that kind of overregulation? Yes and no. People are human, but. I was on the Gulf Mexico Fishery Management Council making a lot of those laws on red snapper and other fish offshores. But the one thing that the federal federal government can be is very risk averse, and they will err on the side of no production rather than on the side of production. A real clean, clear example of that is red drum, red fish. We can't catch any red fish in federal waters or state waters, and that's a shame. Oh, that's Tom's. That's Tom's soapbox now. You're, right. getting, well, you're going to step up on Tom's soapbox with the commercial fishermen and the amount of. Uh, uh, the two, what is it? The two million the commercial fishermen get, and the 90, uh, 98 million of a hundred that uh, the sport fishermen get. Yeah, we get none right now, and you know we don't oh. have the right gear either. You know, you open up Red Drum in the state of Louisiana, and you give us back a regulated gillnet, strike gillnet, and we'll have a fishery again. We'll be able to catch redfish. We'll be able to catch common sheephead with a strike gillnet that could have a vessel monitoring system to see where you are and cable inhale out. And we also could develop a summer mullet program to catch summer mullet if we had something like that. And a lot of this stuff is in discussion now, but it's a heavy, it's a political football. And it's very difficult to, to, yeah. to win, yeah. but it's necessary for us to win if we're going to survive. If not, we're going to lose our fisheries completely. Yeah. We're not going to have any, I sit on a council for the grain of the fleet, and with that, basically that problem in the saltwater side, no youth involved. None. Yeah. Yeah. All right, Harlan, can you stay for a few more minutes? We're going to take a break, and then when we come back, sure. I want you to tell us where people who want to try wild-caught catfish can get some around town. And okay. uh, Tom would like to go down memory lane with you for a few minutes, okay? That'd be great. We'll, Not a problem. Okay. I'm glad to. Okay. We'll be back. Uh, you're listening to WGSO 990. But first, let me tell you about Mimi's in Chalmette. Tom, best, best ever in Chalmette, huh? Oh, yeah, the best uh, restaurant uh, uh, in St. Bernard. Ever. Yeah, in all of St. Bernard. Yes. yes. St. Bernard, same thing. Yeah, the two yeah. people who run it, Chuck and Rayanne Williams, are absolutely delightful people. They will welcome you with open arms, and you will feel loved and appreciated. But that's not the only reason to be there. They are proprietors of really delicious food. They have a chef there, Lincoln is his name. He is a gourmet of the highest order, and you wouldn't expect to find that kind of food down in Chalmette, but you will. They also have a great hamburger. I have to say that because I am a hamburger connoisseur. Mimi's is doing char-grilled to-go. Not a lot of people are doing that, but Mimi's has them. Mimi's is open from 11 to 2 for lunch and 5 to 8 for dinner. They have daily specials every day that are served family style. Four people, $44. Call and see what the special is today. The phone number is 644-492. They're at 712 Judge Perez Drive. Mimi's in Chalmette. Look them up. Mimi's Bar and Grill with it.com. Let's do Basil's. Do we have Basil's playing? No. Okay. Henry, can you do Basil's?
filling needs for over 15 years. That's when I first got my big green egg, which I use more than ever lately. Fred also has Traeger grills and Weber grills and all the accessories for them. Charcoal and pellets and propane, as well as rubs and grilling utensils. Remember, a great cookout always begins with the right hardware. Basil's Ace Hardware, 4419 Transcontinental Metairie, 888 8588. I get misty just holding your hand. Okay. I think we're, All right, let's... I think we're coming through, but every now and then it'll, it'll drop out. Yeah. But, and I, I have a hard time hearing it to begin with. So. Uh, is Harlan with us still? I'm still here. Okay, good. All right. So, uh, Harlan, real quick before Tom goes down memory lane with you, um, can you tell us where a person could find live-caught, not live-caught, wild-caught catfish around town? Clearly, all your regular old line stores, Langenstein, Bromart, Dorgnax for sure. You, 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 uh, Canseco's is doing it now. Those the old rest, old-time retailers are definitely having it right now. And then in the restaurants, you've got so many, the Blue Crab, uh, Station Six, Commanders, uh, you know, just tons of restaurants that, that have this. Price. So a of lot course. of them are, because I haven't seen it a lot of places, but um, but I am seeing it more, that's for sure. But right. but you can and pretty then, much get it most around town? It, okay. And then, of course, the, the, the one that's really done a good, great job with it is Zia. You know, Greg Reggio at Zia has really put that on his menu, and the first week they put it on for the special when they started takeout menus I mean, they I couldn't keep them in enough fish that weekend and yeah. they do a great job with that so Z is a good one to go to too but you've got plenty plenty stores around town plenty of restaurants that do their job and uh, yeah. just ask yeah. ask for wild ask them if they don't sell it ask them tell them look you'd like to get some wild and I'm sure that we can accommodate or they'll accommodate you but but there's many and it's growing it's it's growing all the time because basically why would you pay the prices for saltwater fish when you can get Great wild catfish at half the price. Great wild. No, catfish. you make me want to go and get some because uh, I haven't tried to do it at home, but um, the Zia and it is absolutely delicious. We right. Zia it's one easy. Friday for the fish fry, yeah. and it was it was delicate and really almost sweet. I thought it was just like perfection what they did. And you can it. grill it. You All can, right, you Tom. I know you love to tell the. Mm -hmm. Okay, what? you can grill it. Other than fry it, there's all kinds of things you can do with it. Rather than just fry. Tom used to say the only way to eat catfish was fried. The only way to, for, to cook it is to fry it. Mm -hmm. And you should never fry it. No, yeah, you, you want to fry it all the time. But and, he's changed over, Harlan. Then, he's uh, my, switched over. My, yeah, we're completely. Yes. He, he loves to get the, uh, the pecan grilled catfish at New Orleans Food and Spirits, which is not a wild product, but I wish it was. But they're, uh, starting, they're starting to use wild. They're slowly getting into wild. They're Wait, New Orleans Food and Spirits? Yeah, they're going to start. We buy every now and then. We'll buy it. When you go in there, just tell them what you want. You'll get it. We'd sell them every day. Oh, good. All right. I will say that because that is a really good restaurant for it really is, good prices. Is. And so I don't, I don't hold it against them that they're not using right. the wild. Um, it yeah. would be great if they did. And you know, you oh. must feel like we'd be willing to pay a little higher price for yeah. a product. Our like nose. RNOs right down the street uses it. So, do they really? That's yes. unexpected, but that's interesting. Okay, mm -hmm. so Tom, I know you want to go down memory lane with Harlan about the fish that he brought to the cookout at oh, at, uh, <laughs> at Glendale. That's a long time okay. ago. Tom can't stop talking. What kind of fish was that again, Harlan? 
I think we brought Kobe, if I'm not mistaken. It was I'm Kobe. That's what it was. Kobe. It was Kobe. Oh, what a great fish. Yeah. It has several different words for, by which it goes. Uh, there's, let's see if I can think of any of them. Lemon Kobe fish. goes by what Kobe other Kobe names? Arlen. Lemon fish. Um, Ling. 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 Lemon right. Fish. That's one. And there's one other one. Did you say lemon, lemon fish, Harlan? Lemon fish. Yes, that's lemon it. fish. Yeah. 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 So, yes. so we put a, a big fish. one on the grill. Meaty. And it was it was perfect. Yeah, it's meaty. Yeah, very meaty. Right. Yeah, Harlan. I also have a memory with you. Harlan and uh, his wife Sharon have been good friends. Our families have been good friends for many years, and um, I remember you all coming to a a party at our house, and you brought crab claws, right? And you did crab claw skillet. Do you remember mm -hmm. what you did? Oh, yeah. I, no, I don't. I, but there was so I, much food that day. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Crab claws. If I go to my deer camp where I go a lot, I, if I don't bring crab claws and saute them in a pan with, you know, some garlic and butter and different seasoning, they, I think they'd throw me out. But crab, yeah. crab claws yeah. are so easy to, to, to do and so great when you taste them. And it's a hit every time we cook. There's no doubt about it. It is. So mm -hmm. so what other seasonings did you put in there? Because every day I, we're going to – you don't remember or you do? I do. I remember. I do it all the time. First off, yeah, tell me, tell me uh, some seasonings that you put in the pan. Okay. First off, a pound, a, a stick of butter for every pound, or a little more if you're going to dip, because dipping is the best part after it's over. Lots of ground oh, garlic. Yeah. Lots of ground garlic, and, and I use a, a Greek seasoning called cavenders. I put in it as well. I love cavenders. Yeah, and then some, some uh, definitely some Worcestershire sauce. Plenty of that, mm -hmm. so it browns up a little bit, gives a little brown color to it. And Tony Shastri's. And then lemon pepper, and we're good. You know, I, I saw your wife putting all this stuff in, and I was trying to pay attention, but mm -hmm. it was just so much that I just finally <laughs> said, okay, I'm just going to go ahead and eat them. But they were the mm -hmm. best I've ever eaten, and I That's definitely, easy. I'm going to put I'm gonna put the recipe in nomenu.com tomorrow. So That'd you don't use then. any fresh garlic. It's all ground garlic? All ground garlic. You can, fresh is better. But when I'm in a hurry, I just grab it. If you've got fresh, that'd be great. You can chop it up, put it in, because you want heavy garlic flavor to it. And it's just like barbecue trip. Don't forget the bread, because you're going to want to oh, dip yeah. in that sauce when you're finished. And that's some of the best part. Kids at the camp all are ready to go with the, with the bread after eat the crab pleasure. No, that's the easy one to do, and, and it, it's a great New Orleans dish. We're going to have that on the website tomorrow, folks. No menu.com. Okay. Uh, Claws. Harlan, it was nice to talk to you. We never see Same you here. anymore, and we miss you. Well, that's because really, it's... That's he's on the radio. <laughs> what do well, you expect? We, we are so overdue to get together. Let's do that, and I, yeah. I really appreciate your time. Um, it was no a problem. fascinating conversation. I knew that I loved wild catfish, but didn't understand what was all behind it. And um, Well, here's what you got. When we go to dinner, we have, to do, we have to get up on our soapbox. Go ahead. What you time? start off with uh, a bunch of... Uh, Charbroiled oysters. No. Well, wait. Right. And then let's you say get goodbye to Harlan, and then we can talk about this on the well, other Well, somebody mentioned it a minute ago. Okay. It won't take me long. Quickly. And Go then uh, you move on a little bit with a, with their salad, their house salad, which is oversized. Yeah. And then you've got a lot of really good food in that place, and they're t terrific with the... Got to catch off, babe. We're running out of time. I'm okay. sorry. Bye, Harlan. Thank you bye so bye. much for calling. Talk exactly. to you later. Thank you. Bye-bye. All right. We're going to have to... Uh, 
we're going to have to meet up with them for dinner because uh, Harlan and I could definitely have a good time. New Orleans Ice Cream Company is aptly named. Here you're going to find premium ice cream flavors that are the very essence of New Orleans. Things like Bananas Foster, Ponchatoula Strawberry, Cafe Olay and Beignet, Creole Cream Cheese and Coffee and Chicory. They have a Praline Crunch and a White Chocolate Bread Pudding, a Mint Chocolate Cookie, and of course the Chocolate City, if anybody remembers that. New Orleans Ice Cream Company. This is an ultra premium brand available all around town. New Orleans Ice Cream. You are listening oh, to delicious. WGSO 990. It is 3 o'clock. We'll be right back after the news. Want to hear more than just the same sports topics about the same sports teams? Then tune in to All Season Long with me, Sean Ross, Thursdays at 1 p.m. right here on WGSO 990 AM, New Orleans, Louisiana. dollars, ...and it would provide a historic level of federal aid to those hurt by the pandemic. The nation's top government infectious disease expert is warning states not to reopen from the pandemic too quickly. USA Radio Network's Chris Barnes reports from Washington. Dr. Anthony Fauci testifying in a video conference call to a Senate hearing saying that he believes a second wave of coronavirus in the U.S. is entirely conceivable and possible this fall. Depending on the dynamics of an outbreak in a particular region, state, city, or area, that would really determine speed and the pace with which one does re-enter or reopen. Fauci saying the U.S. is headed in the right direction on the coronavirus. And you're listening to USA Radio News. Extendivite really works. Just listen to what Dr. Joe has to say. As you know, I'm one of the doctors um, that uh, Don talks about because four years ago, I was diagnosed with high, high blood pressure. Runs in my family on my mother's side. You know, I come from an athletic background. You know, I did a lot of running throughout my life and I did triathlons. When I was trying to run some years back, I was getting short of breath, which is a little bit of a congestive heart failure. The extendivite, that shortness of breath and that coughing started going away and I was able to run longer and longer distances. And I uh, took a while, though, so now I'm able to do, you know, three and a half miles with my dog. And no problem, I don't stop. Not anymore. So I'm just saying you need to stick with the program. And you've got to change some lifestyle things, too. To order, call 1-877-928-8822. That's 1-877-928-8822. Or visit heartdrop.com. Extend your life with Extend Senate Majority Leader Mitch McConnell says former President Barack Obama should have held back in criticizing President Trump's handling of the coronavirus pandemic. McConnell appearing online during a Trump online campaign event. I think President Obama should have kept his mouth shut. You know, um, we know he doesn't like much this administration is doing. That's understandable. But I think it's a little bit classless, frankly, to uh, critique an administration that comes after you. You had your shot. You were there for eight years. Um, I think the, the tradition that the Bushes set up of not critiquing the president who comes after you is a good tradition. Former Vice President Joe Biden's support among women is declining amid allegations of sexual assault and harassment. According to a newly released survey from Morning Consult, Biden's favorability among women fell more than six points since mid-April, with only 44 viewing him favorably. This is USA Radio News. Working from home? I'm Chad Dodd, veterinarian and consultant to Limp Bells. Here are some tips for keeping your dog fit while staying at home. Find 15 minutes twice a day and walk your pet at a decent pace around your place. Play hide-and-seek by hiding some kibble or favorite toys and letting your dog find them. If you have stairs and your dog is mobile, 
Walk up and down twice a day for five to 10 minutes. Or better yet, try a power walk on your terrace or backyard for some fresh air. There are more helpful pet care tips at youmove.com, spelled Y-U-Move.com. The hot topic of schools slowly and safely reopening took center stage during the Senate hearing today with Dr. Anthony Fauci. Some states, including Arizona, are talking about opening their schools in July. Regarding schools opening, former Education Secretary Arne Duncan tells Fox News. That's the goal, and I always say, for when I ran the Chicago Public Schools for seven and a half years, we never missed a day of school. We never had a snow day. We never had a strike, not just educationally, but to, to feed kids, to have a safe place. Um, that was so important to me. But it's a nice night tonight and a really decent day coming back tomorrow, although a few clouds come back. And it probably starts to feel a tad more humid. Overnight, early morning, 50s and 60s. Tomorrow afternoon, sunshine to partly cloudy and about lower 80s. Wednesday comes in with a possible isolated shower popped up by additional humidity. You'll notice the feel in a bit more warmer temperatures of middle 80s. Any chance is minimal, but that'll go up to scattered showers or thunderstorm. Thursday and Friday, highs go to the lower to middle 80s. Rob Sanji, WGSO. Are you receiving unemployment insurance benefits in Louisiana? Because of the large number of people applying for benefits, we're working to make online process faster. Using the last number of your Social Security number, here's when you can file. 0 through 3, file on Sunday. 4 through 6, on Monday. 7 through 9, file on Tuesday. Wednesday through Saturday is open to all Social Security numbers. You must file for recertification every week. Thank you for helping LWC help you. It's a nice day here at the food bin, whatever the food water call ranch. It. The food water <laughs> ranch. I never thought about that one. The food water ranch. And this ranch. is Tom Fitzmaurice, and Marianne is here. And Hi! We're, we're both uh, sitting around in this uh, charming brewery. Brew, what am I saying? Where the brew come? Uh, what we have here is very lovely uh, temperatures right now. Uh, lots of trees, lots of flowers. We're doing and, a remote outside. That's yeah, why you that's, hear the roasters here, crowing. And here we are. And, and my lovely... paper's blowing all over the place. Well, give it to me and I'll take <laughs> care of it. All right. 556-9696 is the number. If you would like to chat with us, we are talking about food. That was so interesting. He is really interesting. Yeah, I... he's, uh, yeah you're talking Sorry. about one of the people <laughs> yeah. who really knows. Serious Ron. pro. Yeah. Serious pro. And, uh, yeah. So uh, I wish we had more of them. Long time but, uh, serious pro. Yep. It's good to know because I I have been seeing more wild catfish, and I was wondering just how prevalent that was becoming in the marketplace. And apparently the uh, the answer is apparently yes, pretty much so. So mm -hmm. that's good. Yeah, they're they prospering very very heavily. Yeah, and I will, folks, have a recipe. Yeah, today we had on nomenu.com. Actually, let me talk a little bit about nomenu.com because no. <laughs> because Ron. And I were talking about uh, the big green egg. We, it didn't really have anything to do with the big green egg. But over the weekend, we used uh, the compound butter from GW Finns and put it on raw shrimp. And two days ago, it was either yesterday or the day before, there was a, if I do say so myself, I did not take the picture, stunningly beautiful photograph of uh, what was on our table uh, for Mother's Day, a stunningly beautiful photograph of barbecued shrimp and bread, which is kind of a simple New Orleans kind of meal, but it was delicious. It was as delicious as it looks. 
uh, in the photograph, and I hope that you will go check it out. And other things on nomenu.com, we have a list there of all the restaurants that are open, closed, open again, what they're doing, uh, what their situation is, who they're doing delivery with. It's called The List. And we have our dining diary, which Tom has had for as long as you've been doing uh, nomenu.com. And not nomenu.com, but the New Orleans menu. Uh, you've had a dining diary. So the dining diary is a big part of it. And yesterday we had um, Jacques Saloon on for our first Ask the Very Chef. Interesting. And that's a series where we're going to help people with uh, recipes of things that can be done at home. And he gave us a recipe for butternut squash, which is on the website today. And uh, tomorrow we will have Harlan's Crab Claws recipe, which is killer that is the word for it absolutely killer and uh if you would like to go to our instagram we have an instagram the new orleans menu sign up and follow us there's all kinds of good stuff on that too so i have i properly integrated across all platforms <laughs> i think you've about reined it in and, uh, so why not you know why don't you try another one yeah Just five five six nine six nine six is the number we are talking about something vintage right now in this half hour, Tom. Uh, this is the new segment whereby we're going to reminisce a little bit because we yeah. were doing podcasts while we were off the air. We were doing podcasts and one of them was uh, a silly thing where we, where we talk about um, the almanac, what's in the almanac that day. And, um, and then we had another one called uh, Remembrances, and this segment will be about that. And one of the things that, also in nomenu.com and on the newsletter, you will see an entry for Vintage Tom. Tom's been at this for nearly 50 years. A lot has changed since then, including Tom. And we are uh, highlighting his work across the generations. And there's a segment in the newsletter and on the website called Vintage Tom. And uh, today's, I didn't see that. I didn't today's entry. Is that on the newspaper? It's always, every day. Really? That is what your daughter is doing to preserve your legacy. Oh, well, that's Those different. masterpieces that she goes She's through and finds. Yes, she is. Anyway, um, so we have the vintage Tom. And today uh, I wanted to talk about what the vintage piece was. And it was a uh, review of Parkway, Poor Boys, mm -hmm. which reopened after Katrina. It's a really interesting story. Fantastic <laughs> story. <laughs> Parkway Bakery was purchased by a guy named Jay who was primarily in construction. And I love this story because he bought the building and, um, and he, he said to the guy, well, what about the name? And the guy said, you never have a name for nothing. And Jay said that was the most valuable part of the transaction. The name alone was yep. worth a million dollars. <laughs> and so was Jay took... Parkway, yeah. Jay, Jay took Parkway and made it a phenom. He absolutely did. Parkway, poor boys, is a phenom. Yep. And um, terrific success. It really, it's, it, that's another one of those people that I was talking about where, you know, they say to themselves, well, I'm going to get into the restaurant business. How hard can it be? And they always learn very 
hard, very hard is the answer to that. But some of them are just gifted in a way that they didn't realize and have made tremendously successful, tremendously popular. And both of those things you're usually because it's tremendously good. And that's the case with Jay also, who is now um, sort of kind of become sort of emeritus and his nephew, uh, Justin, is running it now, who has been on yeah, he's television. A very talented he, he's he's quite the um, personality. Justin is, mm -hmm. and and and, and I and I remember him as a snotty nosed kid. So he has really become uh, quite the the personality around town. And he is uh, running Parkway now. So if you have something to say about Parkway Poor Boys, we would love to hear it because today in the vintage piece is a 2011 review of Parkway. And, uh, you know, you loved it back then and you love it now. That is the place, it has the distinction in our family for first place that our cheese fry obsessed daughter first tried cheese fries. Hmm. Parkway, if you haven't been there and the, the question, next question I would have for you is good grief. Why haven't you been there? Um, it's, it's, can't be missed. It's right there on Bayou St. John. It's very high, uh, learned the hard way from uh, Katrina. But they have the, the little bar in the front when you walk in. It's so oh, charming. It, it is. This, we're still talking about uh, Parkway. Yeah. Parkway. It's so yeah, charming. It, it's, it's incredibly cute. And my yeah. uh, recommendation, recommendation to yeah. you is that they have two different kinds of hot sausage. One of them is your typical plat, you know, uh -huh. uh, you know disc, the disc in of a sausage, circle yeah. uh -huh. and you know, all the same size. And then the sausage that's on uh, stuffed in a, with a, with the casing, mm -hmm. casing all yeah. the way around. Mm -hmm. And they were completely different. They're probably than one made another. by the same company, are they? They are. Yeah. Yeah. Uh-huh. And, uh, I, and every time I go there, I say, well, give me one of each. Oh, really? Yeah. And it sounds like a crazy <laughs> idea, but it, does. <laughs> it, it actually uh, is, is pretty darn good. Well, I know you're partial to, um, to hot sausage poor boys and to hot sausage in general. Like your red beans need to be made with hot sausage. And I've, I've been with you at many a, an establishment where you've had a lengthy conversation with whoever it was about why they didn't have hot sausage with the red beans. Yeah, well, that's another story. And a lot of times but, you, you know, forgive them anyway, different. but, you know, I just, you know, I guess you keep waiting for them to say, yes, we'll, we'll do anything, Tom. <laughs> we'll give you your hot sausage. Like but um, you like the, that's your favorite poor boy there? They have a different kind of roast They're beef. They're poor boys? Their roast beef is, um, it's not like a bear's roast beef. Their roast is a debris poor yeah. boy. Yeah, that's about right. Which is good. I mean, it's uh -huh. made with chuck. Yeah. And it's, I mean, how far wrong can you go with roast beef in a gravy and a lot of debris in French bread dressed? I don't like I a mean, lot of debris. I think that's the I biggest know you mistake. Don't. I know. But, Tom, again, this would be one of those things where you're the only one. I've never heard anyone say, hold the gravy on a roast oh, beef. Oh, no, I hear a lot of people saying that lately. Do you really? Yeah. Oh, gosh. Well, maybe you've turned that I mean, too, it's, Tom. Uh, nobody wanted to say it because they said, well, you know, this is the, the one that everybody does. And, and 
22 people go that way, and that's the right way to do it. But I don't think it is. It, it makes the whole sandwich sloppy and makes a mess of it. Is this one of your dining rules, Tom? Uh, no, it's uh, not a rule. <laughs> it is a suggestion. It's a, it's a recommendation. Just well, a I would say that yeah. I think everyone should eat their roast beef poor boy the way they want. Oh, of course. Okay. Yeah. All right. Anyway, uh, their shrimp, their fried shrimp, and their fried catfish and their fried everything is massively overloaded with whatever it is in the inside. Oh, yeah. there, there were uh, a few or maybe just one restaurant that uh, come to get poor boy. This would be the... Uh, the uh, Martinez. No, no, no. This is, imagine this, uh, it's barbecue shrimp on a poor boy sandwich. What sandwich, what restaurant is that that does that? I don't know. No? You no. Don't know? I know it's not Parkway. <laughs> oh, then you're wrong. Parkway has a, no. It's, uh, no, 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 the rest of it is. No, barbecue uh, shrimp is way too gourmet for Parkway. Parkway is a Nolan's Darling kind of place. I don't know, Tom. The, the dancer is. I hope you're not asking me, me to tell you because I don't know. Uh, uh, it's uh, the one that they did at Pascal's Manali. Ah, okay. Well, that makes sense. The, the poor boy, poor, uh, with his, the. Is it like hollowed out and, and the barbecue no, shrimp they, is on the inside? Like, it was like eating oh, barbecue shrimp. Wait a second, shrimp. is it peeled? Like, can you just eat it or do you have to yes, undo the sandwich and peel you just the... Eat it. No, Tom, you're the only one that eats shells, okay? So is the is the poor boy that is made of barbecue shrimp, Is uh, the shelves are off, right? So you just I can pick all. it up. Pick okay, not up you, everybody else, okay? Uh -huh. So like if somebody served me a barbecue shrimp, poor boy. Yeah. It, it better have the shells off of it because I don't want to undo it, peel the shells, and then eat it. So I'm assuming that it's served without shells. Okay. Well, you can, you're allowed. And, and <laughs> We're I, not going to get too. to the bottom of that. Uh, but everybody else can do what he or she wants. All right. 556-9696. If you have anything to add to our little conversation about Parkway yeah. Poor Boys, Let's we are fans. We are definite fans, this, and uh, I'm assuming automatically that you are too. You know what else they have there? Um, and I didn't know that they had this. We went to Jay's wedding. Who? Jay married Sandy who used to work at Care Restaurant and Supply. And that's how they got they got oh. together. They met each other nice that people. way. Both of them, adorable. And so they got married in 2011. I think it was 2011. And uh, we went to their wedding, which had obviously a lot of poor boys at Parkway. It was held at Parkway. And so um, for the first time, I tried their corned beef poor boy. And it's really great. And I wouldn't think to get corned beef on a poor boy but it's crazy good don't you like corned beef tom i like corned beef yeah i like um but not on a poor boy uh i know i like it on a poor boy too but i i also like uh starts with an r uh oh pastrami pastrami yes pastrami or is I, it that doesn't start with a no it doesn't but it's, i'm just uh, sometimes i get it and sometimes i don't pastrami Pas yeah, you, you like pastrami, pastrami. it is pastrami yeah it yeah, is it's it is. it's a it's basically, it comes down to it's being... It's smoked corned beef. Smoked corned beef. Yeah. Right. Yeah, I mean, it's good. How far wrong can you go with any of these snow. things? Okay. It is 18 minutes after 3. You are listening to WGSO, and we're going to take a break in a minute. But first, let me tell you about Tito's. Tito's. Tito's is Peruvian cuisine. This is an unusual cuisine, and it might be a little scary to someone like me, for example, until uh -huh. you find out yeah. that you can get things like duck confit there. 
and you can get things like uh, steak tips hmm. and uh, yeah, and lamb. And lamb is, you know, bordering on exotic for me, but I still like lamb. They also have um, hanger steak with pesto. They have um, Peruvian wings, which sounds really good to me. It's a special blend of spices. Peruvian is international cuisine, the likes of Japan, China, Spain, Italy, and Africa influence this cuisine. It is one of the top five in the world. It's not well known here because we don't have a big Peruvian population, but you should go try it. Juan Locke and his wife Tatiana would love to have you over there. They have a $42 dinner special that includes uh, three courses. You can pick it from the menu. They have six different kinds of ceviches and pisco, which is the national drink of Peru. It is a clear vodka-like spirit made from eight different grapes. And if you are a little bit adventuresome, go, go see them. They would love to introduce you to their very special cuisine. They're coming up on three years now at 5015 Magazine Street, 267-7612 is the number. Visit them at titosavicepisco.com. That's Titos over there on Magazine. All right, WGSO 990. We'll be right back. Basil's Ace Hardware has been the center for your grilling needs for over 15 years. That's when I first got my big green egg, which I use more than ever lately. Fred also has Traeger grills and Weber grills and all the accessories for them. Charcoal and pellets and propane, as well as rubs and grilling utensils. Remember, a great cookout always begins with the right hardware. Basil's Ace Hardware, 4419 Transcontinental Metairie, 888-8588. The Pelican Club is one of the best restaurants that has ever been in New Orleans. Now celebrating 30 years, owner Richard Hughes offers a polished and more sophisticated version of all the classic New Orleans dishes with a modern twist like his signature seafood martini and Asian-inspired whole fried fish. This place just feels good to me, and the food is always superb. The Pelican Club, 312 Exchange Place at Bienville, 523-1504. I won't dance, don't ask me. I won't dance, don't ask me. I won't dance, madame, with you. Yes. I like your little, I like your little rejoinders, Tom. We have yeah, to make some more. We have to get some more. I've got some more. Five five six nine six nine six. We're just blathering on. If you would like to call and talk to us about food, that's what we do here at Tom and Marianne mm -hmm. Fitzmorris on the new reboot of the Food Show. Imagine that. Thirty-one years and going. Can you imagine just talking about food for thirty-one years? Well, you got to eat. You know, people and don't understand that except in New Orleans, which there is which is a very food-centric kind of place. We were talking about Parkway Poor Boys, which is today's vintage entry on nomenu.com and also on the newsletter. And if you have not gone to nomenu.com, please do that because I'm so titillated by the picture of the shrimp that we did on Mother's Day. Uh, yeah, it was, it really was gorgeous. I mean, but the picture is just so beautiful. I love it. Mm -hmm. We have a very talented uh, photographer in our daughter who does the Instagram and uh, takes all those pictures. Yeah, she's terrific, too. Yes, yes. Anyway, she is the one uh, that was introduced to cheese fries at Parkway. I remember the day we went in there into the little bar 
which has just a little row of two top high tops around the windows. And you order at the bar and then you sit there. And of course, there are other rooms and now this gigantic outdoor seating space. I'm sure they've done very well. Well, actually, they don't get to start until this weekend, but I'm sure that they'll do just fine with their gigantic outdoor space there at Parkway. But um, it was chili cheese fries. It was the debris gravy with beans, like a chili and um, and cheese uh, drenched all over their fries. And it was, her life was never the same after that. Those, those are not the best cheese fries out there, but they're pretty good, I have to say. Uh, we have a caller? I think we do. Do we have a caller, Henry? Oh my goodness, Alan is calling. Hello, Alan. Hi, how's it going? Well, it's it's good. It's really good. It's good to hear from you. How's it going out there? Uh, Alan from boy, Seattle. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> Hi, Tom. Hi. How's it going over there? It's beautiful here. Uh, Tom, Tom, I have a request. Uh, but, um, All right. What, what do you call the, the little snippets of your singing? What, what are those called? Outtakes or intakes or? No, they're not. They're not outtakes. They're rejoinders. What do you? Do you, do you want to hear more of those? <laughs> He'll do some live. He'll be happy to do some live for you, Alan. I think we don't need it to do. We need to do one. Yeah, go ahead, Tom. Go okay. ahead. I'll be right back. Oh, no, 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 no. Don't go anywhere. Well, you no. told me I could. No, I thought you were just going to sing it live. Well, that's how I was going to do it. Well, sing it live, Tom. Okay. Go ahead. Alan? No, 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 well, Tom. Okay. Alan, you see what you started? <laughs> Well, I, there's there's one in particular that that Tom what is it? Uh, Which one? Sings. One one song. It's a cool water. Oh gosh, he wants you to or do a cool water rejoinder, Tom. I've been trying to get him to do that, but he doesn't want to do it. Maybe well, Alan it's can just get at you this to do moment. It. I mean, you can't. No, expect we're not. To get... No, no, but oh. we're we're gonna go do yeah. some more, and we're we have to cut some more of them anyway because there's not enough of we them. We do them all the time. Yeah. So all yeah. right, Alan, we'll request and and there'll be a cool water one coming up okay yeah I don't, why I, are you maybe, not letting me do this okay so go ahead what? oh i was going to say maybe it's called still water i'm not sure but you know it's you, cool you, water you know, it's cool water which is uh the name of the okay. cool water ranch here and it was named right. after that song ah okay good 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 and and maybe um i think i think you mentioned this uh the, the first couple of days uh, of the reboot show when you first came back, uh, um, thank you. If, if I knew you were coming over, I'd bake you a cake. Uh, I know those are the lyrics. Um, but, uh, uh, and I don't want to sing it. I'm, I'm, I'm not, a, I, I can't do this. What Tom does, I'm, I'm not a singer. But, um, yeah, that, that might be a good one, too. Um, even though I don't think, uh, Tom, I don't think you ever, I don't re recall you singing that one. No. Um, but do you know which one? I'm well, that's what about? they missed. Uh, uh, if I knew you what? were coming, I'd take you, you a know cake. You make you a cake. That's oh. not. That's not Tom's kind of music. Tom's no. a Sinatra esque. No. Yeah, yeah. No, Rogers and Hart. Yeah, it was. Uh, yeah, Rogers and Hart. Yeah. And yes. the cow. Yeah. Well, we'll scratch. So, Alan, uh, what are you cooking in lockdown there? You know, 
a few days ago, you said something about uh, all the photos. Somebody was complimenting the, the fantastic photos on the um, uh, the Food Show website uh, on, on nomenu.com, and they are fabulous. Um, and you laughed, and you said, all the food's brown. Everything's, you know, New Orleans foods are all brown. Um so, and that particular day, I was making a brown food. Um, I really wanted to call, but I couldn't. Um, I was making red beans. Uh-huh. Red beans. Uh, red beans for. That's know, reddish red brown, brown, yes. Yeah, kind of reddish brown. It, it, for uh-huh. some reason, might come out more brown. Um, but uh, but so, what am I cooking? You're right. I'm, I'm, I'm just, just going uh, really beyond limits. Um, I'm doing uh, harissa lentils. Um, harissa. Oh, yeah, you know I'm taking I'm taking an Arabic class, an online because oh, everything are is you? online. I even started this. I started this. Um, uh, it was a physical class. My students get the benefit of um, teachers coming in from the community. Uh, it's a program that uh, comes in, and they use my our building site for this um, class, and it's an Arabic class. Uh, and they were to go in the springtime, uh, during spring break, uh, the students were, and me, I was invited to go, to um, Tunisia. Oh, wow. Uh-huh. For a trip. And Morocco. Actually, first Morocco. Oh, wait, Alan. Okay, listen, yeah. Alan, you're going to have yeah. to hold this because we're about okay. to go to the news. And I do not want to rush you because you are talking about my all-time one or two fantasy trips. And oh, wow. it, it, Yeah, it's my fantasy trip. And you, it deserves more than that. So I'm going to ask you to hold on through the news. It's a very brief break. But okay. I, I will tell you about the time we almost went to Tunisia and how it's still on my list. Okay, but boy, that's too bad. Did you all get to go or, or are you going? No, no, no because okay. right before spring break, we had to shut down everything. Oh, okay. Oh, that's too bad. Okay. All right, well, yeah. we'll talk at the, uh, on the other side of the news. Um, okay. We're talking, to, we're talking to Alan, who lives in Seattle. And for those people who have not listened to the show in a while, Alan started talking to us. We call him the expat. He lives in Seattle and misses New Orleans every day. You know what we should do? We should give you a theme song, Alan. That that Ricky Nelson song, Do You Know What It Means to Miss New Orleans? That's what we're going to do. We're going to have to get that set up for the next time you call. That's going to be your little theme song to know that you're on the line. Okay? We're definitely going to do that. All right. We are talking to Alan from Seattle, and we will be back to talk some more right at the, uh, the other side of the news. But you are listening to WGSO New Orleans. It is 3.30. Louisiana Radio Network News, I'm Kevin Barnhart. As the state moves towards a phase one reopening of the economy, the state health department reports a slight increase in the number of COVID-19 patients who are hospitalized. The number increased by 10 to 1,320. The state also reported 235 additional coronavirus cases and 39 more deaths. A legislative attempt to prevent the governor from enforcing his stay-at-home order is halted after the announcement that Louisiana will move to phase one. House GOP caucus chairman Blake Miguez warns of Governor Edwards' delays moving Louisiana into phase two. I didn't throw it away. It's just sitting in the toolbox waiting to be used if needed again. Miguez believes his resolution and the stay-at-home protest successfully pressured Edwards into ending the order. After the countless letters that I wrote and other members wrote, after the countless protests, after the countless social media posts and the testimony he found, 
finally heard our voice. Edwards says the order was ended after the numbers showed it was finally safe to do so. I'm Matt Doyle. From the studios of the Louisiana Radio Network.com newsroom, I'm Kevin Barnhart. During the COVID-19 outbreak, you can still make a difference in this time of social distancing. If you can, consider donating to a local food bank or public health agency. Remember, cash is the best and safest way to support response organizations. When the time comes, consider volunteering if you are healthy and able, or consider serving as a virtual volunteer. For more information on how you can make a difference, visit volunteerlouisiana.gov or follow Volunteer Louisiana on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Sponsored by Volunteer Louisiana. This is Governor John Bell Edwards. A new day is coming for Louisiana. I've extended the stay-at-home order until May 15th to give all of us a little more time to slow the spread of the coronavirus so that we can begin to enter phase one. We've made some gains, but we're not out of the woods yet. Your safety is my main concern. I want to get our economy going again and have no doubt that we will. How soon depends on you. Visit coronavirus.la.gov for more information. Thank you and God bless. When you're awake, the things you think come from the dreams you dream. Thought has wings and lots of things are never what they seem. Sometimes you think you've lived before all your... Alan, back with you. I'm here. Okay, so... So you're studying Arabic for this trip that you're going to take, or is the trip canceled? Is it just postponed or canceled? Uh, we're going to have to say canceled in this case. Uh, yeah, yeah. And uh-huh. one one trip was to be during spring break, and the second trip uh, was to be that summer, which would uh, be, I guess, next Oh, well, in a few weeks to a month or so, whenever school is out, I think. Um, and, and that, well, yeah, it would be at the end of June. And I doubt that, well, I don't think it's going to happen. Aww. So that Pretty one sure. was to Morocco or to, these are two yeah, separate okay. trips. Actually, the first spring break trip was Morocco. Oh, okay. Okay. The summer would be Tunisia. And um, it would be really, and, Hey, I mean, I, I, like you, it's, it's on my list. What's not a school program or not? Um, but Tunisia has a, an ancient Jewish community that is still there. There are some beautiful synagogues uh, and uh, the community, the Jewish community that never left, apparently, that so many of the Middle Eastern Jews. When Israel um, came about, they they immigrated, they, you know, migrated to uh, to Israel. Mm-hmm. Uh, so it, so it, it's Tunisia must be very apparently very friendly um, to to the Jewish community, to the Jews that that, that live there. Of course, it's a Muslim uh, country. Um, so we were studying. Uh, we were the students that is we're going to stay in some homes. Uh, oh but, really? Oh wow! It, it, Jewish Jewish people, <laughs> they would, they would, they would, folks uh, that live there uh, that are Jews and um, study their language and food. The culture, I mean, food is of course um, the part of every thing. culture. It, it is. It, it's just just at the heart of any 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 culture. Uh, yeah. 
So I've been, yeah. So that's been, how you yeah. came to make Harissa. Yeah, I'm inspired by by the by the program by the teacher. He's fantastic. He's very good at this distant teaching thing. Um, I, as a matter of fact, I always say other teachers should learn from you. Um, uh, his name is Rashid. I'm sure he wouldn't be happy to say, you know, for me to promote him. But uh, he's with OneWorld.org. And gosh, maybe even in Louisiana, uh, they may be, they may have um, uh, a program in, in, in the public school system. Uh, yeah, it's a system that works with public schools. I mean, uh, a program that works with, with uh, uh, public yeah. schools. And they teach various languages, not just Arabic. Uh, they teach, I think, Mandarin, uh, Spanish, um, and maybe one or two others. And they just well, Seattle's kind of a bigger city than here, so probably not yes. likely. Maybe not. You know? Anyway, so tell us about your food. So you've been doing harissa. We made harissa, well, too. Mary Lee made harissa. And it's really good, and it keeps forever. Is yours hanging in there for a while? Oh yeah, I love it. And fortunately, my wife likes uh, this this type of food too. Um, and of course, and and, and Tom's gonna have to hold his ears up when we say hummus. I said, I, <laughs> oh, no, he doesn't hummus. mind if you say hummus. It's just if hummus. you say hummus. Hummus. I say hummus, but, but it's not really that. official if you don't say it with the little, you know, right. Mouth thing. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Like you, and, you would yeah. definitely hear it that way in Israel. Oh, for sure. Where it's kind of a staple of everything. What? Yeah. Uh, yeah. But, um, and, and, but I'm, I'm probably nowhere as near as my, my stuff's not as good as your daughter's, I'm sure. You know, Alan, my I don't daughter. know if it's the headset or if it's the sound oh. of the the station. Henry, is he coming in okay? Am I coming in and out? Yeah, yeah. Is that is that what's happening? Like, is that what everyone else is hearing? That's that's what everyone else is hearing. Oh. Okay. Oh. Well, no. Oh, just me. Okay, that's good. All right. Anyway, uh, go ahead, Alan. So you made Harissa, oh. and what else? Well, I, I made a lentil dish that uh, uses, um, uh, you know, cumin, uh, cardamom. Um, that, that was pretty straightforward, the lentil dish. It just had the various uh, spices that you would put um, and herbs that you would find in Middle East cooking. Um, yeah, I think it's the rice dishes that I that, that have, and I think Tom was mentioning yesterday, that they have that comes out very sweet because of raisins. Yeah, and, yeah. What do you think of that raisins and the savory stuff? Uh, that's you're, you get that when you go to Tunisia. <laughs> that type of yeah. food. Yeah. It's yeah. always a blend of um, sweetness, uh, sweet and savory. Well, I think that's true all over the Middle East. I mean, uh, you can get that yeah. in Sicily too because they've been conquered by everyone. And uh, we went to a dinner about five years ago um, at uh, Flaming Torch. They're Iranian, and they served they served what amounted to real rice aroni, but it had raisins in it, and it was it was really good. I mean, I, I'm not a raisin fan. Are you a raisin fan? I'm I'm, I'm good with raisins, but you know, dates also chopped yes. finely. 
also gives a sweetness. Dates yeah. and apricots are used, but dried apricots. Um, most of the uh, the fruits that are that are blended in with um, savory dishes are are. Um, I, I'd well, dates say, can kind of go either way. Dates, you know, you put. You put blue cheese with dates and you have something else and you put bacon on dates and you have something else. But most of the time, those don't really go. Uh, they don't really go both ways. Like Mary Lee tried to make dates a sweetener in cookies. And well, OK, it's a stretch, but they're still in the freezer. So they weren't mm -hmm. good enough. You know what I mean? No, I just can't it. make things healthy. What? Yeah, that, that dates, when dates are used, yeah, typically I think it's in desserts. Uh, dates can foods. be really good, though. They can be really good. Mm -hmm. All oh, right, Alan, yeah. thank you for calling. We're going to go ahead and, and move on. Did you uh, did you have a yeah. particular thing that you were calling about, or did you just want to say hi? Well, both. But, but yeah, and again, to, to see if Tom would consider doing cool water uh, <laughs> as um all day I faced the barren waste without the times of water. Oh, yeah. I know more of it. That's but. that's his modern twist version. We'll get him to record it. I promise that we'll do cool water as a rejoinder, Alan, before <laughs> next week. How's that? <laughs> that's great. And, and we have to get you a theme song. But thank you for calling, Alan. It's always wonderful to hear you. And I definitely would like to uh, hear from you more often. Yeah, thanks for I'll calling, and it's always great to have uh, people from all over the country and the world to uh, talk taste about some of food our show. food talk here to us in the food show. You know, there's actually another Thank expat you. in Seattle, and I want to get her on the show as kind of a regular, too. Her name is Andrea, and, um, and she was part of a podcast, but she was on the podcast with poor Glenn. For some reason, every time we did a podcast with Glenn some technical thing happened. And so the podcast new? that she shared with him, she didn't get on either. So we're going to have to contact her and get her to do. She's She's got a baking, is it podcast or show or something? And she is an expat from Seattle also. So we, we want to get Andrea on too. You are listening to GSO, WGSO. If you want to call us, the number is 556-9696. As you can probably figure out by listening, that's what we do. We just talk about food in every imaginable way, which we kind of like, Tom. You've been doing it for almost 32 yeah. years. Yeah, we, you, you know, haven't tired up, of it yet. Up to a point, you know, it, is, it comes yeah. down every now and then. <laughs> yeah. but, you uh, haven't tired of it yet. Huh? You oh, haven't yeah. tired of it yet. No. Uh, no, I. Absolutely I, not. Still hard at work. Absolutely, Tom. You have a in your uh, in your almanac today. You have a limerick that you wrote about New Orleans food. It's the yeah. birthday of a poet and artist named Edward Lear, who's probably maybe Irish. I guess I don't know. And here's your limerick: Through though, wait. Through Galatoire's mirror, she gazed out a beautiful girl with a pleased lout. She ate crab Rockefeller while her date tried to sell her on love, but he just got phased out. <laughs> Tom, is this is this autobiographical in any way? Probably. <laughs> I'm going to read it again because I didn't get it right. 
Through Galatoire's mirror, she gazed out, a beautiful girl with a pleased lout. She ate crab Rockefeller while her date tried to sell her on love, but he got fake. Oh, that's too bad. I feel bad for him. 556-9696 five, five, six, nine, six, nine, six is the number. If you would like some good Mexican food, go to Casa Garcia. They've been at it for almost 40 years on the border there between Metairie and Kenner, tucked away in a little shopping center. Octavio Garcia is from northern Mexico. He's been welcoming people in to enjoy and to savor the flavors of his homeland, including some of his mother's recipes. Mama Sarita is her name. Her recipe for flan is on the menu. They are, do them fresh every single day. They have a pork and a cheese and corn tamale. And Tom, they have flan. Good. Mama Sarita's do. flan recipe. Every one of them. You have to go and have it. Yes. Casa Garcia favorites on the menu. The seafood nachos, someone called in and told us. The seafood chimichanga, the seafood sampler, they, they're big on seafood there. There's a 14-ounce pork chop, but the favorite sellers, as they are a lot of other places, fajitas, all different kinds. There is pork, shrimp, beef, chicken. That's it, right? Pork, shrimp, beef, chicken. Yes. It's Casa Garcia in Metairie at 8814 Veterans. Go see them. Casa garcia.com if you would like to see their full menu online. We'll be back. WGSO okay. 990. Tony Mandina's roots go back to Salaparuta, Sicily. His father left in 1924, but those connections are still powerful. The restaurant uses extra virgin olive oil and wines made at Villa Mandina in the ancestral home. Tony's restaurant started in 1982 with 14 tables and has grown to seat 180, with his daughters and granddaughter running it now. Now, this West Bank favorite still serves their delicious Sicilian New Orleans menu in a place that feels like home, and pick up some of their famous red gravies sold in groceries all over town. Tony Mandina's, 1915 Pratt Street, Gretna, 362-2010. Jack and Allie Cousins sold salad dressing at a farmer's market, but one day Allie Cousins couldn't get the ingredients she needed. Her dad had dropped a case of Creole tomatoes at her house, which became the famous Creole tomato dressing, launching the Cousins salad dressing brand. The line has expanded to include blue cheese dressing, a fresh salsa, olive oil and herb vinaigrette, as well as the Creole tomato. Made in small batches to ensure perfection, these dressings are all natural and made from the freshest ingredients. Need a quick dip? They're great for that, too. Cousins salad dressings at grocery stores all around the town. I'll take Manhattan, the Bronx, and Staten Island, too. That's my favorite. You know, Tom, it's a good thing that we're going to go. Tom and Marianne Fitzmore is here on the reboot of the food show. 31 years and running here on WGSO. Mm-hmm. Um, it's a good thing that I can hear that. Tom, as a rejoinder on the show, because I miss it so much, she says tongue-in-cheek. Usually, I get this when we watch you order a Manhattan in a restaurant, Mm -hmm. which is kind of the real reason that he orders a Manhattan, but we haven't been able to do that for nine weeks, so I'm glad I get to hear you sing that. It actually is very good. I like like that particular one. I I will try to get 
uh, cool water from you for okay. Alan. No, no, I mean, we'll have to record it. We'll have to record I have it, it recorded. Oh, really? Okay. Mm -hmm. not, good. not with me. Yeah. But okay. I, it's. Uh, well, maybe we'll maybe set it up to, for tomorrow. Five, five, six, nine, six, nine, six. In the edible dictionary today, pigeon pee. I've never even heard of that. Mm -hmm. pigeon well, you can pee. have all of mine, is, is all I have to say <laughs> on that one. Well, here's what you say in the almanac. Among the most ancient of cultivated foods, a small bean grown and eaten extensively in India, northern Africa, and the Caribbean. The beans are round and slightly flattened, about a quarter of an inch across. They're usually a mottled tan color, but are sometimes used in their green form. The plant that produces pigeon peas is a legume but gets bushy, producing the beans for as many as four years. It fixes nitrogen in the soil and grows well in and air arid areas. So it's a godsend to farmers in poor environments. It's high in protein and a nutritious food. Pigeon peas are most common in America through the Caribbean connection. Rice with pigeon peas is a very popular dish in Puerto Rico and other Caribbean islands. Pigeon peas are sometimes called Congo beans in the American South. I have never heard of that. But I would imagine Crowder peas is peasant food. Peas would be doubling down on that. Huh? Pigeon peas, I can't say I've ever eaten them. I've eaten the whole bird itself uh, on more than a few occasions because that's uh, that is that's a squab, right? A squab. That's a squab. You love squab. A red squab meat. is terrific. Yeah. Is that your favorite bird? I think it's the best of all the birds. Really? Yep. More than. F mm -hmm. Okay. I think I've topped out at chicken. No, no, mm -hmm. no, no, no. Actually, that's not true, because coming up this week in NoMenu.com, there will be a feature on rock Cornish game hens. Rock Yeah. Sure. Yeah, the, the only time I've ever they're, heard you. They're not hard to get, believe it or not. They're over, little tiny birds. Little, they are because they live underneath. Are they little babies something? They, they live underneath uh, a... Oh, don't tell me that. A, then I'm going <laughs> to... A, a, a lighting fixture that uh, they oh, really? just fly around. And huh. when they're small, they believe it or not, they actually get bigger all by themselves. You have to, and they... Most things do, <clears throat> especially during lockdown. I noticed that I've gotten bigger. A lot of people probably have gotten bigger. If uh, Here's your deaf dining rule 141, Tom. If you ate at least five different beans with some frequency, each prepare different better than if you didn't. That is by far the most mundane of your dining rules. I mean, isn't that the most obvious thing in the world? Eating beans is a good thing for you. Yeah. I think that's safe to say. Yeah, I would say so too. Five five six nine six nine six number today in nineteen ninety seven. British Chinese author Leslie Charteris was born in England. He created The Saint, a series of books, radio and television shows about Simon Templar, a former criminal gone straight ever involved in mystery and intrigue. The saint, I was trying to figure out what his connection to food is, but I think we're getting to it. The saint was a cultured Sybarite, never far from the next fine wine, magnificent dinner, or beautiful woman. A lot like James Bond. In fact, Roger Moore played the saint on television shows before becoming James Bond in the movie. Well, I think I think what you mean today in 1897, British Chinese author Leslie Charteris was born. 
Anyway, on radio, the saint was Vincent Price, who was a gourmet in real life. Was Vincent Price a gourmet? Oh, he very much was. He was also a, a really big star on radio. Yeah. Uh huh. But uh, that's where he made his policies and his uh, all his skills too, because mm -hmm. he was a very skilled and a terrific actress. Actor. Uh huh. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Well, um, was was your your icon? I don't know if we got to this when we talked about him maybe t a week or so ago. Um, Arthur Godfrey was he a gourmet? Uh, he was to a point. Uh, he was at a certain point, but then he just the problem with the problem the problem with um, making a tremendous amount of money. Well, I mean, I, I can't think of a whole lot of problems with that. But you know, the stars that you um, idolize, well, the women, maybe not the men so much, but. If you can afford the finest of every imaginable kind of food and wine, it would be really, really a struggle to not eat it or drink it. Yeah, as this these is skinny what I women stars through, through have my to career. do. Yeah. Now, Vincent Price was just kind of a normal size. And Arthur Godfrey was a rather large person, Excuse but me. these girls that are, you know really wealthy, they could be much heavier if they ate, allow themselves to eat. So it must be very frustrating, I would think. 556-9696 five, five, six, nine, six, nine, six is the number. We are talking about, you know, the usual, nothing much, but something having to do with food. Words to eat by. This is Yogi Berra's birthday, I guess. Yeah, birthday Berra, 1925 the, of Yogi Berra. Yes. He was uh, known for his... Um, Quips. Yes, but they were quips that entertained people at, not to laugh with him, but to laugh at him, right? Uh, <laughs> was it, were was, they laughing more at him? He could shoot you down. Oh, really? Yeah, he was very sharp. So he was a good wit. He, 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 was, he looked like a goofball, but he was not. Uh -huh. Well, I think he had a reputation of being a goofball because he, right. would, he would say these things and then people would, well, make fun of him is really the only way to say it. Uh, it's birthday today in 1925. He was... This is you writing in the almanac when um, you were a kid, and all, you always liked his unconventional ways of doing everything. His quote about a popular restaurant, nobody goes there anymore. It's too crowded. I think, I think That's Yogi, his line. yeah, I, mm -hmm. think, <laughs> I think Yogi Berra had kind of um, a simpleton way about him. Mm -hmm. And so people kind of thought of him that way, but you're saying that he was a really intelligent guy with a great wit? Yep. Just a really, like a deadpan wit. Exactly okay. right. Okay. So nobody goes there anymore. It's too crowded. It's one of the finest of a long collection of yogiisms. Yep. So you would take him to a less crowded place like Mr. John's and hope that he would have another quote for you. Mr. John's is not uncrowded. I mean, nothing now, crowded. but it's hard to get into Mr. John's. Yep. I don't know how old Mr. Johns is, at least 20 years old, but it was maybe a lot less crowded back then. That's a good restaurant that kind of flies under the radar. Mr. Johns and has a very Yeah, and has oh, a very regular clientele. Yeah, it's uh, one of my two or three candidates for best steak in town. No, heck no. I'm not going to tell you right now, but maybe later what uh, the other three tomorrow are? or the day after that. Yeah. What the uh, other three? You're not, you're not going to tell us what the other three yeah, are? Yeah, right. Okay, I can probably guess them. Crescent City yeah. is one. Um, Keith Young's is another. Uh, I have to think about the third one. Probably Ruth's Chris, I would guess. Yeah, Ruth's Chris, probably. 
Okay. Or Desi Vega, but Desi Vega is kind of like Mr. John's. I mean, they're separated now, but they're kind of like Mr. John's. You have a words to eat by in your almanac, Tom. It also comes from Yogi Berra, and it is, you'd better cut the pizza into four slices because I'm not hungry enough to eat six. Do you think that these were intentional things that he said that yeah. caused people to think he was a simpleton? Or do you think that it, maybe he could it, have just been a simpleton? It very easily could. There were nothing but PR people in New York City. And uh, I, I'm sure that they had done their share of uh, coming up with good good lines and yeah, throw it together. Sure. Everybody would sure. be laughing. All right, before we close out the show, we have one more place to tell you about. It's one of your favorites, Tom. Yep. Maple Street Cafe. Love it. I know. You've always loved it. It's always been absolute favorite, top of the line on your book. Here's something book. that nobody ever says about that place. They have uh, pretty much right in the smack dab center of... of uh, uh, the location Mar of, Ma of Maple Street Mattery. Uptown? Uh, uh, yeah, yeah. Uh -huh. uh, uptown, uh, that's right. And, uh, they uh, just... Uh, it's a good place. It's, it's, a, it's a good... Quiet place. Good, quiet place. All those things are true. Charming place. Charming and... But uh, it's really good food at a really good price. So, I mean, you can't and, beat those things. And it was simple uh, cooking and it was uh, very affordable. And you could even make uh, reservations for months ahead of time. Uh, and it's they had a, a special fresh, menu. It's fresh. It's fresh. It very much is it's, fresh. It's kind of, we were talking to Alan about Jewish food and, and um, Mediterranean. And that's what this is. It's that Mediterranean kind of thing. And, but, but, it's, but it's very New Orleans, yeah, and, too. Uh, to get back to what I was uh, going uh, just a minute or so ago. Uh-huh. Uh, another thing that they did there is that their dining room was always jammed in there. Yeah. The whole place. Yeah. And uh, and the prices they were charging were he's gonna have, almost crazy. But uh, they've been doing it a long time. Yeah. He's going to have trouble with the new rules of uh, spacing in restaurants because there's not a lot of room in that place. Yeah. But you can go pick it up and it's certainly worth doing they yeah. have great specials every single day of family style uh they have um probably four or five different choices the fish is especially good it's that light yeah. wine sauce sauteed fish they have an incredible greek salad they have a lot of simple vegetables that go with it things like angel hair pasta it is not a brilliant knock-your-socks-off gourmet restaurant, but it is a really good restaurant and consistent and solid throughout. Maple Street Cafe, 7623 Maple Street. Call them at 314-9003. They'll be happy to tell you what their specials are today. You can go to their website, maplestreetcafenola.com, and see what their regular menu looks like. Okay, any final words, Tom, no, on uh, our vintage a, piece for the day? It's our, our what? On our vintage piece for the day, Parkway Poor Boys. Any final words on that? On Parkway Poor Boys? Yeah, yeah, we're but wrapping it, up it was, the show it was now. terrific. So I always like them. So. Any final words on Parkway Poor Boys? Oh, okay. Definitely one to go back. This is one that will definitely fare well under the new rules. They have mm -hmm. a gigantic outdoor space, and then they have their gigantic parking lot, so they could take care of anybody at any time, but that's a good one. And also, um, 
Harlan, do you have any final words on Harlan? No, he's a great guy. I've known him for a long time. It's almost we, don't need to talk to him. Yeah, we well, I, I would like to talk to him, especially no, after well, we got him. Th that's we could, true. We have a nice conversation. I think we're going to have to make plans to go out to dinner with him and his yeah. wife. But we are um, we are going to have on the website tomorrow a recipe for Harlan's Crab Claws, which are astonishingly good. You will not have the like. And uh, I want to tell you about all of our platforms because that's what you have to do in 2020 America. This is something we're learning the hard way. So let me go through them. Nomenu.com, New Orleans menu, N-O-M-E-N-U.com. That is where you will find the list of places that are open. You will find uh, just an account of the kinds of cooking that we've been doing and all kinds of opportunities for you to do the same kind of thing. If you would like to follow us on Instagram, we would love you to do that. It is the New Orleans, at the New Orleans menu. And I'm going to put in a personal plug here because I never do do this. I also have my own podcast. It's for kitties, for children and grandchildren who are in lockdown, who could maybe just listen like old time radio. These are my personal passion, uh, the Grimm's Fairy Tales. It's called The Story Lady on Spotify and other platforms. You're listening to WGSO 990. It is 4 o'clock. Good evening. 4 o'clock. The best in whining and dining daily. It's the Dine, Wine, and Spirits Show with Tim McNally from 4 to 5 p.m. on WGSO 990 AM New Orleans. Soon, amid the deadly coronavirus outbreak. Depending on the dynamics of an outbreak in a particular region, state, city, or area, that would really determine speed and the pace with which one does re-enter or reopen. Pushing back on Fauci's testimony, Republican Senator from Kentucky, Rand Paul. So I think we ought to have a little bit of humility in, in our uh, belief 